Welcome everyone. I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire, here with the latest episode of the HousingWire Daily Podcast. On Mondays, my guest is always HousingWire Lead Analyst Logan Motoshami, so we can cover the latest economic news. But before we dive in, here's a brief word from our sponsor. TMS is out to grow happiness for you and your customers. From the way they pick up the phone to the innovative, intuitive technology that makes things easier for you and your customers, TMS is all about providing the best experience in the industry. It's why they've grown to one of the top 10 in the nation and why they've earned a 98% customer satisfaction rate. Partner with TMS and see for yourself at subservicing.themoneysource.com. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. It is a great, great morning to be here. So Logan, I know you're so excited about the about that jobs report, but tell us a little bit. So I just wanted to um, you know, start with the fact that we are actually recording this on Friday, the day the jobs report came out, and but this will go live on Monday. It goes live first thing in the morning. So there could be some volatility in between here and there, right? So so tell us a little bit about that. Yes, of course. For me, the 10-year yield, 1.94%. It's been such a, a big number for me since the 2019. And I've always talked about, you know, it's going to be difficult to get above this number back then. And of course, we've, we haven't even uh, breached above that level. But as soon as the jobs data report came out, bond yields shot up, which probably means mortgage pricing has gotten worse on Friday. But We haven't touched 1.94 yet. We've got 1.936. It's very critical, at least for me and for my work, that we see a close above 1.94% and then follow through bond selling. And then that means that, you know, there there is a legitimate pathway to get the 10-year yield uh, to 2.42% sometime this year if this trend keeps on continuing. Or if it doesn't, we've basically tested this level again and bond yields uh, can head lower. So this is a very critical time, uh, uh, it, 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 at least for my work uh, on the 10-year yield. And as you can imagine, I'm really excited about this. So uh, I've, I'll be I'll be waiting to see how we actually close the markets on uh, Friday. I mean, 1.936 is almost just like taunting you, isn't it? Just to get yeah, to that 1.94? Yeah, it's just teasing. It's just, it, was, it teased me in 2019. It actually closed <laughs> at 1.94% and that, that was it. Uh, uh, the, the rest was history. Bond yields went down. So a little personal uh, bias here at this level, but it's been so much of my work here at Housing Wire, but even for my own blog in 2019 and 2020. So I, I'm happy to be here because it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. It's because the jobs report is better. Uh, uh, the economic data is better. It's firm. COVID is losing. Omicron's losing. The United States of America, the world's going to get past this. And it's all a positive thing. Uh, for the human race. Well, tell us a little bit again about how that uh, bond yields, what that does, what that means for mortgage rates. So if what happens today, how does that affect mortgage rates? Well, for me, it's always been that, you know, the 10 year yield uh, uh, where mortgage rates are, it's very difficult to get over 4% until we can close above 1.94% and go, go above. But the main thing about it, and especially in the 2022 forecast, is that global yields need to rise, right? That, that was kind of the premise for this year. And what we've, what we've seen is global yields have been rising, especially in Germany and Japan. And you need that kind of action for our 10 year yield to uh, attempt to try to break. 
uh, over 2% and get 4% plus mortgage rates, which, you know, it seems like I'm rooting for this, but I'm just, the inventory crisis is not getting any better. And I'm tired of seeing these stories of 20, 30 people over, you know, not, not in a sense overbidding, but just bidding wars for homes. These people just want to buy a house. And it's just, it's such an inventory crisis here, which we didn't have to deal with in the previous expansion that uh, uh, the only way I see getting balance back, because I keep on saying this is the most unhealthiest housing market post 2020, post 2010, is that higher rates should, should hopefully create more days on the market. And that'll be a calming uh, situation for the US housing market, because what we're doing right now isn't working. And again, sub 4% unemployment rates, sub 4% uh, mortgage rates. It, it, we're going into spring. It's just difficult uh, for housing to get any kind of breathing room in this environment. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you shared an anecdote about what house prices, uh, you know, kind of what was going on in your area with demand. This week, uh, I saw a tweet from a, a broker, a, a mortgage broker that said that on a house in Frisco, Texas, which is outside of Dallas, um, you know, it, it's a great suburb, it's growing, but you know, it's not like the the hot seat of America or whatever, it had 52 offers, 52 offers, like that is insane. Yeah, and it's and it's it's saying and it's not good, and that's the problem. This is why I stressed uh, early last year that hey, listen, we have to worry about home prices accelerating because we're below one point five two million. Uh, that's kind of my line in the sand. When you get below that on the total inventory from the NAR, it, it's not a good thing, right? And we we saw what happened last year, and we're seeing what's happening early this year. You just don't want that. And and, and the reason I bring this up is because so much of my work is years twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty four, and literally the worst thing that could possibly happen to housing is happening. You know, when when you have the best housing demographics ever recorded history and the lowest mortgage rates, you're, you're never worried about a demand collapse like. Like some people have talked about, you need to worry about inventory breaking lower, which it did. And this trend started in 2014, and slowly, slowly, and when demand picks up, it can break to levels and you can see how unhealthy the housing market is because shelter cost is different. This is not like buying an iPhone or an Xbox or anything like that. Uh, people have to find somewhere to live and people who do well and have money and have access to to uh, uh, more cash you know, are forced to, in this bidding war because they want to just buy a house. And uh, the sooner we get days on market to grow, the better it is for everybody uh, in the housing market. But it just won't crack. And the only thing I could think of right now is the 10-year yield breaking above 1.94% and rates going above 4%, which historically in the last expansion just cools the market down enough to create breathing room, doesn't crash a market. And we so desperately need that because it's an inventory crisis. It's a really bad inventory crisis. And it's happening during the best housing demographics ever and the lowest mortgage rates ever. So the timing is not fortuitous if, you, if you're somebody looking for balance. Well, tell us again, uh, a theme of yours has also been, you wrote an article for us a couple months back that said that uh, we can't build our way out of the inventory shortage. So, you know, that is, that, that's the natural answer. It's like, well, they just need to build more. So Tell tell us why that's not going to happen. So a big disagreement I've always had with a lot of people in the in the housing community is that in the previous expansion, my work was we're going to have the weakest housing recovery ever, which means new home sales are going to have the weakest housing recovery ever. That means housing starts are going to have the worst uh, uh, recovery ever, which all came true. Um, uh, the United States of America, we don't oversupply homes. That's not what we do here. 
we have a business model. People have to you know, work that supply and demand equilibrium, and you have to make money from it. What happened during the housing bubble years is that the credit expansion kind of gave almost a false narrative of how much uh, housing starts you need to build based on new home sales, because new home sales were rising and housing starts were rising, and then new home sales collapsed, 82%. But it wasn't just that. It was the fact that we had the weakest recovery ever. So housing starts are going to have the weakest. So you're not going to get the help that you think here. Uh, everyone's going to talk about it. We just just build homes, just build homes. It's not going to work, right? And the completions that we have right now are so, it takes so long to even uh, 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 finish a home. And because it's not just the shortages of supply, construction productivity isn't the best, hasn't been the best for decades. Uh, we still build homes to a degree how we built homes in the 1950s and 60s. So uh, we don't have that advantage. So don't look for too much help from that side on the single family uh, side of the equation. So the only equilibrium uh, creator that we had where days on market grow has been rates. Uh, and it never crashed the market back in, in the previous expansion, but it did create a little bit more days on the market, which is a healthy thing because we are at levels that needs a breather. Uh, we need people to have more choices less fighting with the house and uh, you're not going to get help from the housing starts. Uh, uh, they're not going to overbuild homes. They're never going to overbuild homes. And we've, we've written about this on Housing Wire for many articles over the years. And if you look at it right now, single family starts are slowly moving up higher uh, as new home sales grow, but it's nothing spectacular and it never will be anything spectacular. There's a nice equilibrium between new home sales, single family home sales and housing starts. And that's not going to break. And, you know, for people who are looking for other ways that, you know, other things that might bring more inventory on the market, you know, talk about the silver tsunami, talk about the forbearance, the people coming off forbearance, talk about investors deciding to get out. What about any of those three things? As I've always stated, the worst professional grifting, untalented Americans that we've had were all housing crash addicts for 10 years. And uh, the silver tsunami is a gimmick that people have tricked many people for many times. It was supposed to happen in 2015. 2015 to 2025 20, uh, was supposed to be the great silver tsunami and millions and millions of homes are going to be vacant because millennials can't buy. None of that stuff is true. The housing bubble boys are, are, are just the forbearance crash bros. It never happened. Why? Because demand is stable. The notion that inventory can skyrocket and that American citizens willingly well, discount their homes, right? 25, 35% below market just to get out, which is the new grifting tactic of 2022. Investors, FOMO, all of a sudden, investors are all going to just flood the market. And then that, okay, no, no, and no. All right. So none of those things have, have happened. A, a distressed for sale happens in foreclosures. Uh, and what happened from 2002 to 2005, we had a credit boom from 2005 to 2011. We had forced selling through short sales and foreclosures. Uh, the notion that all of a sudden people will just willingly just flood the market hasn't happened really post-1996. And also demand is stable. So I think these are more marketing gimmicks. Uh, a lot of these are stock traders, Wall Street investors, YouTubers. Guess what would happen? Where it's 2022, spring is almost here and we're at fresh new all-time lows. Demand weakness will create more inventory and more days on the market. But this flood of everything, this marketing pitch that has been plaguing you know, the housing discussion for 10 years is just not a valid premise. And we're sitting here today as proof of it, 
that uh, it was a, it was a falsified premise for many years, and it just never came true. I mean, I I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. It is also just you know it's just rough because that means there's really no help on the horizon. Let me ask you, what how high would mortgage rates have to get to really impact? Days on market inventory. What what is the magic number? Well, I I, I honestly think you know uh, if if you if you head toward four and a half percent, the or, or just range. It's it's the duration that actually matters. And I think that, that, that this is a good question, Sarah. Uh, if you can stay between four to four and a half percent for six to eight months, it should create a little bit more days on the market because we're at teenager levels now, which is not not a good thing. Uh, um, and, and even the increases that we've seen recently, uh, it, there's a longer period of time that rates are on here, but it needs to go a higher with a longer period and it should create a little bit more days on market. Now, when we go back to 2018 and 2019, which was, I thought, a healthy housing market, you had 30 days on market, 30 to 45 days on market. That That, that is where you want to go. Uh, um, rates were you know, 4.375 to 5% back then, but it stayed there for a while. So um, I, that's why I need to see this. I'm, I'm wishing for it to happen because I don't want to see another repeat of 2021. And my fear has always been we get five years of this because we're we in a unique five-year period in U.S. demographics. It's never going to be repeated again. After 2024, it, it, it's over. But the focus should be that demand is stable enough to keep inventory low. And that is not a positive. I know it's, you know, real estate agents get to sell their houses faster. Sellers get more money. But on the economic side, that's not what you want to see. You want to see balance. You don't want to see this kind of price inflation and and this this low of days on market. Interesting. Do you think that's going to happen? I mean, do you think that we're going to get to that mortgage rate anytime soon? I really, there, there is a backdrop that's, you know, the whole 2022 forecast was different than 2021 just based on this. We need global yields to rise. We need the 10-year yield to close above 1.94% and head higher. But I need to see it happen. I, I, I was so uh, I was so pushing for this in 2019, and it never happened back then. And of course, here we are with the hottest economic data in a long time and the hottest inflation data, but the rate of growth of some of these data lines are going to cool. They're already cooling so it's a tug and war on where the bond market yields go because really we have about uh, enough leeway to go to 2.70 on the 10-year yield and still be in that long-term downtrend since 1981. So there is a pathway to get there, but first things first, no matter what, we got to close about 194. We got to see bond market sell-offs and without a rally, and then we can have a more legit discussion because this is something we have not been able to do in the United States of America for a while. That is a great recap. So appreciate that. And I did want to say that for anybody who wants to uh, look at more of your work, of course, that's available on housingwire.com for our HW Plus subscribers. But also on February 8th, um, we are having a virtual economic event with you and other um, economic bigwigs to talk about what the rest of 2022 is going to be like. And we're going to cover inventory rates, home building, uh, just everything that that people in either real estate or mortgage would want to know about economics. Yes, uh, a great, uh, great group of economists. And I think the Q&A session should be very, very interesting because uh, it, it's it, there's a lot of questions going on with the housing market, especially right now, especially where the 10 year yield is. So it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of a uh, lot of knowledgeable people there with their own takes. I love that. I love that, too. Really looking forward to it. 
Logan, as always, thanks for being on and educating us about what's going on in the housing market. Pleasure. It's always a lot of fun, Sarah. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwarrant.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.